Just for Sailor. Oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. I got to spend the first part of this morning with uh, my brother Cody, mi hermano. He came over at 7 a.m. and met me at my house so we could hang out in the studio and, and record and talk about life and our wives and kids and just talk shit about all the things that we think we're uh, experts on and, and a lot of the stuff that we know we're not. So it was a good time. You know, Cody's one of my favorite people on this planet, and I always enjoy getting to sit around and rap with him, chew the fat. So if you're offended by um, colorful language, you know, uh, you might want to work that out before you listen to it. <laughs> it's entertaining for sure. So I don't think we solved any world problems, but we damn sure had a good time. And and I can't wait till the next time I get to do it. So please enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. This is Circle of Dads. I'm Ryan. I'm your host. And welcome to Cody Zamaripa. We're going to have a uh, coffee with Cody, story time with Tio. It's going to be a good time. No, I don't mind. Yeah. We just, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. A uh, little background. Um, uh, I grew up in uh, South Fort Worth. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, saw my hometown boy. Joined the service right after high school. And, uh, and there's a, there's a story to that. Yeah. Uh, was in the service for active service for eight years. Then joined the National Guard. When I came back home, I went to school. When I went to TCU, and, uh, never thought I would. TCU was never anywhere near my radar because it's just not where homeboys from Southside end up. But with the GI Bill, I was able to do so. And then, Snuck your brown ass right in. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me my hat, bitch. <laughs> and so when I was at TCU, I felt obligated. I felt like I just had to have a backpack everywhere I went. Uh, between classes, on my way to the head, anything. I, I had my backpack walking into the gym because if I didn't, I felt like at any moment, at any at the drop of a hat, somebody was going to tell me to uh, to pick that trash up. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I'm a fucking student here, okay? <laughs> I'm not the landscaper. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, do you remember Casey Paul Hall? Pay whatever his name was. So he was a quarterback at TCU that got was involved in the drug scandal and everything like that. And he had sleeve tattoos, wasn't even 22 yet, and uh, kind of looked like a redneck kid, and, and he was. And so I'd see him around, and uh, I used to bump into him at bars. And, uh, and I would stop him, and I would say, hey, man, do you work here? And because uh, <laughs> everybody was on his nuts about, you know, being a TCU quarterback. And, it's a, and he looked like a scumbag. And I'd be like, hey, dude, do you work here? Uh, I'm looking for, uh, you know such and such office, you know, and he's like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the quarterback, you know, it's like, all right, hot shit. I know who you are, stupid, you know, and kind of level. Yeah, I, I had to fight my way up that hierarchy. He was probably a sweetheart for everybody. There probably was, I was just probably being insecure for, you know, three years that I was there. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. So, uh, I got into the service because my best friend at the time, Daniel Torres, 
he left and he joined to the uh, Fort Benning School for Boys and became a rifleman. And he came home to Fort Worth, Texas after all that happened. And I'll never forget, my dad met him at the door, shook his hand, looked him in the eyes and said, you know, I'm proud of you. Uh, and then I was right behind him, you know, like, hey, dad, I'm just stoned, just as completely <laughs> zooted like a dummy. And, uh, and my dad like looked right through me like I wasn't even there. Right? Cut me super deep. And uh, so I told Daniel, hey, listen, if you come pick me up tomorrow morning, I'll join the army too. Just like that. Over a look my dad had given him, right? That's all it takes. Yeah. And so Daniel, if uh, what, what, what I didn't know at the time was that uh, he was home on what was called uh, hometown recruiting. And if he got a buddy to join the army, they were giving him an additional two weeks of leave free. So he'd get to be home for a month before he had to ship out to his, his first duty station. And so he was like, oh, sure. Yeah, of course I'll be here. Man, he showed up at 7 a.m. with coffee and donuts and he was like <laughs> ready to go. And I did. I joined the service and uh, I joined the army. And, uh, uh, you know, that was that was just that. You know, I, I left shortly thereafter. How old were you? Uh, 18. No, I was 18 years old. And uh, that was life, man. It, it got me out of, you know, the sticky situations I was in and they weren't good. And I wasn't, you know, uh, living a, a virtuous life or I didn't have any aspirations to be anything better than what I was. You weren't about just, shit. Not wasn't about shit. I was literally, I was one of the kids that, you know, uh, uh, that I see around town and I want to stomp their, their guts out, you know? Yeah, for sure. And that's, uh, man, and I really hadn't thought about it like that until now, but maybe I should have a little more patience with those, you know, uh, those Fred Durst looking motherfuckers as they're... We don't like to see ourselves in others. Ah, there you go. And therein lies the rub, right? I find guys that, um, you know, you'll see that dude, that one guy, that buddy, that cousin, that brother-in-law, and there's something about, you know, whatever. And I'm not speaking about my brother-in-law, just to be clear. (laughs) I fucking love my brothers, you know? Um, But uh, there's guys that have been, and I was taught that pretty early on and, you know, in recovery, but it... uh, you see those guys that just get under your skin. You don't know what the hell it is about that dude. I just don't like that fucking guy. And you know, you, your wife hears about it because you're always like going off on the 20 minute rants about this one dude. And it's like, it's typically, we don't like to see ourselves and others. If I see something, even if I can't label it, but typically if it bothers me, like I've heard stupid sayings, like if you spot it, you got it. You know, like if you're like that guy's, but that's kind of a cheesy. Yeah, for sure. But you know, when I'm looking at dudes and I'm like, those guys are just shit bags you know that guy's not doing it right this guy it's typically because it's it's like reminding me of who i was or what i am or something i'm hiding or something that i hid so that's 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 given me at least pause i'm not saying i don't do it i'm still gonna judge you oh absolutely yeah that's what gets me through the day it's just yeah (laughs) yeah is the point of this finger right here Look at that fucking asshole. Yeah. Not me, though. Don't no, look at me. Uh. <laughs> Please shine the light over there. As I pull my hat down a little lower. <laughs> Pick up your stride. I'm not here. Don't look at me. So, you, uh, so you're no longer a dirtbag and you're in the service. Uh, um, well, uh, no longer a dirtbag. No, no, I'm a, um, you know, a scumbag or, you know, whatever the, you know, the military equivalent of just being a private is and, uh, uh, you know, you deploy a couple times and, and my, my buddy Daniel who joined the service, he ended up getting killed in Iraq. 
And uh, his name was Daniel Torres. He was Sergeant Daniel Torres. He was a, uh, a team leader, a rifleman. And uh, anyways, sweet guy. Just a, just a, uh, and I have tons of stories, obviously. Right? Love to have a sit down. Uh, Daniel was such a good guy that, uh, and we, we had been best friends and we had seen the mile together, right? We had done the drugs. We had, you know, we had done the sketchiest things that you can do together as kids. You know, the, uh, probably got a, probably should have got us some time. We experienced that together. And I remember telling him, oh, I have a crush on your sister. Mm -hmm. And, uh, not only was he not mad, but he was, he was pumped about it. I remember because we were driving around Southside drinking beer. We're in the service already, right? And we're drinking tall boys in my pickup. And we're looking at houses over in like the Mistletoe, uh, Mistletoe Heights. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, we're picking, that's going to be my house. By the time I'm 35, I'm going to have life figured out. And I'm going to live in that big ass house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. And so he, he was like, he said, hey, I've been avoiding you. Uh, and I'm, I owe you an apology because I, I felt like you were being flirty with my girlfriend. I said, man, what the, what the fuck are you talking about, man? If I was, if I was flirty or charming with her, it's because I was trying to make her comfortable. I was trying to make her have a good time for you. You know what I mean? That way she wouldn't say, I don't want to go there anymore. And if we were making out, it was just because it was for, for you. You. <laughs> you selfish bastard. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, anyway. Uh, so I said, not only do I not have any feelings like that for her, I actually, like, I'm, I'm serious, I'm jonesing for your sister. And uh, I'll never forget, because I looked over at him, because he was quiet, and he pulled this, like, eight-second pull off this Miller-like can, <laughs> just looking, looking straight ahead and pulling, pulling off this can. And uh, he turned, he looked at me, he said, good, man, that's cool, that's what's up, uh, yeah, she deserves to be with somebody like you. That's for sure. And uh, and then we didn't talk about it again. Right? You don't fucking beat it up. You know, you don't just say, so what is she like, homie? <laughs> she talked about me? Yeah, what did she say? Uh, can I get into her room maybe sometime this week? And uh, Anyway, uh, he ended up like buying uh, Cowboys tickets on Thanksgiving, four of them, you know, for his girlfriend and him and his sister and I. Because so not only was he cool about it, but he was like, we're going to make this thing happen. And it didn't end up happening, and and you know, thankfully so, because I met my wife, who's you know, uh, a savior and a saint, and gorgeous, and bad. You know what I mean? Uh, J Lo ain't got shit on my wife. J Lo's, J Lo's got a a, a a ten for a Puerto Rican ass, and my wife's got a ten for a puro chicana man. <laughs> Dude, that thing is. Alyssa's banging. There's no doubt yeah, about that. Yeah, as I as I shed a single tear. <laughs> Point to the sky with yeah. a fist. Um, uh, yeah, so anyway, but just, just you know, insight as to, you know, what a good man Daniel was and how much he meant to me. I obviously chased him in the military because I was thinking, this guy's uh, onto some good shit. And so he got tagged and my, my life was just turned upside down because I had lost this. Uh, everybody loved Daniel all around town, everybody from all aspects, all, you know, all the different groups of, of kids and shit like that, the baseball players and the, and, uh, you know, the hip hop kids and the whatever, all these different groups, everybody liked Daniel. And he was kind of my ticket into those different worlds, Right. you know, uh, me being standoffish and a fucking asshole. That's, that's not new, right? The military didn't give me that. I had that anyway. Uh, so anyway, so now my, my life is just turned upside down because I, I lost this guy. And he was like, 
we were such good friends that being friends with him uh, was a big part of how I had, I identified myself. You know, it was a big part of who I was, uh, right? Like you are who you hang around, right? Oh yeah. That's huge, right? Yeah. That, that, that's why I do my best to, to turn my ears on when you're talking. It's like, this guy's been seen the mile. Let's see. Anyway, uh, so Daniel, Daniel dies uh, a week after finding out his girlfriend's pregnant. Yeah, in life a motherfucker. And uh, that's why babies are bad juju. Yeah, when, when, somebody, when somebody gets pregnant, somebody's about to die. And that became gospel. That became 100% truth. When you've, uh, you will not get your wife pregnant before we deploy. I mean, are you trying to get killed, stupid? You know what I mean? You're it's use like a Catholic method, superstition. Yeah. Oh, without question. Catholic and a grown up playing baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't wash your socks and you pull out. And you count days. Yeah, that's exactly what it is to be continued. But yeah. um, anyway, uh, so Daniel dies. I, uh, I find salvation at, uh, at the very bottom of a chiquita bottle. It, was, it had been waiting on me down there that whole time. Uh, and so I just drink and drink and drink and fight and drink and drink and drink and fight. Still in the service. And I'm staring down the pipe at my second deployment which is where Daniel got tagged on his second deployment. So um, I get out there and, and luckily deploying forces me to sober up. And I get back in the gym with all my other buddies and I kind of just, all right, so this is how it ends. This is, this is my life. This is, this is how life ends for men like us. Uh, we die in service to our country. We die in the service of others. And that's all right. Uh, it's got to be the, you know, it's, it's, as old, it's as old as time. Uh, since wars have been happening, it's men like us who have the have nots. Right? And, and I thought I was going to have, but I'm not. Right? And that's okay. That's cool. Cause this is going to give my life meaning. Cause I'm never going to be a rich guy. I'm never going to have that house in Mr. Heights because my grandfather didn't have old Fort Worth oil money. And so, well, anyway, that's, I just made peace with it. And I came home on mentor leave just to ju- get drunk. One last two weeks of just debauchery and nonsense. And I'm going to say all my goodbyes and that's going to be it. And it's cool. And this is the life I'm going to pursue. And maybe I don't get it this time, but I'm going to get it the next time. Right. Cause you can only cheat fate for so long. Not if, but when. Exactly. And that's fine. And it's kind of liberating because when you're out there, you're not second guessing decisions. You're like, all right, let's get that door. All right. I remember driving by piles of dirt and, uh, and we're wearing uh, CVCs, so like uh, headphones like this, where we all speak right into each other's soul over the sounder. We pass by a pile of dirt, and I'd go one, two, three, boom, one, two, three, boom, right? and it, it fucking. Initially, everybody in the truck was like, "You're a fucking asshole, and you should stop." <laughs> but then they all just got numb to it as well. They're like, "Fuck it, yeah, this is how it is," and they they kind of. Uh, bought in and they're like, yeah, fuck it. So cool. Then let's, let's You're go driving out. by it regardless. Yeah. yeah. Then we're going to go out in a hail of gunfire without question. And, uh, so anyway, that's where I was. And I, I met Alyssa at a party my parents threw for me and she was a fucking knockout, man. I mean, just gorgeous, thin, light skinned, light brown, wavy hair. She's got those bedroom eyes, uh, and, uh, just bad, but like five other people brought girls for me to meet at that same party. And so I was going from table to table. I was like, well, which one is going to uh, show me the best time for this two weeks? Right? So I meet them all, 
And then I, I get uh, Alyssa's number and we get to talking and I instantly just in love. This is it. No, cool. And so uh, I didn't talk to any of the other girls after that. I only pursued Alyssa. And I did so uh, with the intent of, of having a relationship, which I hadn't done with any other girl in my lifetime. And I was genuine and honest with her. And I think like at, on our, our you know sixth, seventh date, I said, hey, listen, uh, I'm falling in love with you. You don't have to say anything. It's cool. And Alyssa's fucking 19 years old. I think I was like 22. And she's like, didn't know how to process it. And it's uh, because it's a scene from a fucking movie, right? It's cheesy and, and, and everything. Anyway, so we're together, uh, mid-tour leave. Uh, uh, and then I got to go back. We spent every day together for two weeks. And, uh, and it got graphic. And it was great. Right? And it was exactly what you hoped for, for two weeks leave and then being in love. And I remember Alyssa took me back to the airport when I had to fly out back to Iraq and uh, all the other soldiers there that had their, you know, their crybaby pussy face on. And, but I was there with the baddest Chicana for fucking, you know, 200 miles. And I was just, I was on a cloud, you know, especially seeing them all weepy eyed. Cause that kind of makes me feel good too. When other dudes are like feeling like fag and I'm like, not me. <laughs> yeah. Your tears fuel my hatred. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so, uh, told you that to tell you this, Alyssa, uh, uh, talked me out of over time that, that, that mindset and that mantra, you know, uh, no, this isn't how it has to end. You know what I mean? This, there's more to life than that. Uh, she's like, hey, you ever think about going here? You ever think about seeing that? No, I hadn't, you know, she's like, we should go to Jamaica. It's like, we don't go to Jamaica. I'm a homeboy from Southside. We can go to Arlington. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to plan for it for three days and call my grandmother first. <laughs> Man. Uh, so, yeah. So then, uh, so Alyssa and I just celebrated our 10 year anniversary. Been together for 12. Uh, been married for 10. And uh, the only thing that I can attribute that to uh, is not uh, cursing, hitting, or cheating on her. Pretty basic. Pretty basic, right? Not 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 a uh, not too big a deal, but that's uh, that's in a nutshell who I am. I was a soldier, and now I'm a husband and a father. And and the army doesn't is not how I identify myself like I used to. This is how I'm going to bite it. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. No, nah, not anymore. The army is just something I did. It was a job, and I loved it, you know. Uh, but it was just a job. I'm not a soldier anymore. No, I'm a dad, which makes in my mind and in my world and in your world, I believe as well, is 10 times more dangerous than any soldier on the planet. You know what I mean? You know, you come after my man cub, yeah, I'm going to stump your guts out. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that's who I am. And that's just to bring it full circle, which brings me into this, uh, the the casting couch, this this black, you know, sunken in sofa in here with you right now. With one weird stain in the with one weird stain, the, but you still have your shirt on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with all those handprints on the wall. So, <laughs> uh, and you had a like getting out of the career or the end of your career was kind of a a bumpy ride as far as like what you were going to do. And didn't you? Didn't you? Um, is the story right? Like, if I remember this correctly, you got out to be an officer, right? To go to school. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? 
God, we're really getting into it, huh? We're going to pull all those scabs off. Well, I mean, I just want to talk about uh, uh, how we get through that shit. And you, I mean, you talked oh, about okay. how, I mean, because you, you, there was a big jump. There was, I'm not a soldier anymore. Yeah. I'm yeah. a, I'm a dad. But that's, I mean, when I met you, that, I mean, you were always a dad and yeah. always a damn great one, you know, but that, that wasn't the hat that you wanted to, or not, yeah. not wanted to wear, but that wasn't oh, what you what? identified. Huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, so, uh, I got out of the regular army as an enlisted soldier. Uh, I had made uh, staff sergeant, which is relatively high in four years, which is as fast as you can make it. And, uh, I wasn't making E7 fast enough. I was a drill sergeant. I felt like I was doing everything right. And so I got out, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to become an officer. And, uh, and it's to spite all you other motherfuckers, you know, I'm going to fucking, you know, be the best I can be, whether you want to support this or not. So I get out and it was, uh, as I'm finishing up my, uh, degree, you remember the sequester during the Obama administration? So, um, it was during the drawdown, right? Uh, they had that that uh, huge surge back in the mid two thousands where they had uh, bumped up the army by like twenty five percent, and now they're going to cut that back down. And in doing so, uh, the officer program they weren't accepting guys; they were pushing them into the national guard and not into the regular army. And I was a part of that. So now <clears throat> I have this degree that I really don't care about. I didn't pursue anything that I should have because it was only going to be my ticket to going back into the service. And that was the, that was the, the pretense to all that, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why I came back to Fort Worth to go to TCU to become an officer. So you left the club and they stamped your hand. But when you went to go back in, they're like, no, nah, that stamp don't work Sorry, anymore, bro. Amigo. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Nah, yeah. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. And it was a low fucking blow. And so I found this other program in the National Guard, this OCS program, Officer Candidate School, instead of ROTC in college. And I went through it, and I still became an officer, and I am an infantry officer right now. Uh, I served with the, uh, the 143rd and the 173rd, and I was, a, I was a fucking paratrooper, and I was good at my job. I still have young paratroopers. I still have young rangers that send me text messages saying, I wish you were here, sir. And it, uh, it, it cuts me deep. In, in, uh, in such a great way to, to have left and then be like, man, the organization is worse without you. Now I, I, yeah, amen. There you go. Airborne. Uh, and it was time for me to move on, you know, uh, that's for young guys, that position to be an infantry platoon leader, infantry company commanders for young guys. I'm way too salty for that. Being a paratrooper. I mean, the, uh, like your Mexican skills got you into that job, right? Because didn't that, isn't that when you went to go to ranger school? Oh. <laughs> like for the third time or some yeah, shit? Yeah, and they yeah, did, yeah. They, they got no spots for Mexicans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I went to ranger school uh, uh, for a total of three times. Now, the f the first time I got kicked out, uh, and it's this, uh, if you haven't been there, you re it's really hard to appreciate it for literally push-ups. Now, I was there, and they had... And, and, and ranger school, you either have a ranger tab or you have an excuse or you have a story. And so I have a story, right? Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm there waiting to go back and I'm doing, I'm picking up dog <clears throat> shit on the side of the road. I'm doing everything I can just for the army not to send me back to Texas. Because you asked for the time yeah. off and your family again is fucking supportive and they've already said goodbye, right? Yeah. And so everybody's on board. And so I'm like, I'm going to wait here. And I'm going to be a holdover. 
and I'm just going to cut grass and I'm going to do everything I can just to stay. Give me another chance. Give me another chance. Get your landscape in tab. Uh, that's exactly what I did. And it was funny because I had, uh, there was like a specialist, E4s, privates doing the same thing. And we were cutting grass together. And, uh, but you don't wear rank at the time, right? You're all just fucking non-ranger qualified scumbags, no matter what you've been about or where you are in life. And anyway, so, uh, uh, they're cutting grass and, uh, I had, I was chewing Copenhagen at the time and they, you're not allowed to have it, but I had it cause fuck you. Right. If no other reason, just cause fuck you, you say I can't. So I'm, I'm cutting grass with a fat dip of chewing. And I'm looking over at those E4s and we're doing the same work and I'm getting paid astronomically more money than he is. <laughs> so I said, fuck it, let's cut grass, dude, because I'm killing it. And this is stress-free. Being an infantry platoon leader is stressful. This, You want me to cut grass? Sure, dog. I'm going to turn my brain off and chew this coping. Anyway, so when I'm there waiting on my ranger school slot, waiting on a, another chance to go to ranger school, and it's going to be at least three weeks for between these start dates. Well, there's an airborne school starting. There's an airborne class starting. And so I went over there and uh, just stood in line, stood in line. And they said, no. I said, okay, no. I said, I'm going to wait over here. I'm going I'm to get back in the, at the end of the line again. More people start showing up and uh, I'm not at the end of the line anymore. And I'll wait to get in process. And they say no. And they say no until it's the very end of the day. It's 1700. The sergeant major comes in to, to review the packets and the numbers because class airborne school is starting tomorrow, it's Sunday. And, and I'm sitting there, sitting at a table. And he said, who are you? And uh, I made sure to wear all my, all my badges, all my flair. So now I'm a lieutenant with a drill sergeant badge, which you don't see, obviously, because you have to be an enlisted soldier to be a drill sergeant and officers don't do that shit. Anyway, uh, so my major has a drill sergeant badge, and he looks me up and down. And he said, all right, then. Okay, cool. I know who you are. That's what's up. He's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, where are your orders at? No, I don't have any. I'm a walk-on. He said, there's no fucking walk-ons at Airborne School, dummy. <laughs> they fucking don't exist. It's in Tarrant County Community College. <laughs> for sure. You're not waiting on a slot for, uh, you know, a small engine repair. Yeah. Anyway, this fucking guy, uh, he, said, uh, he said, you know what, man? Uh, put him in. He's like, we're not going to pay for your room. You're going to have to find somewhere else to stay on your own, but you can attend the course. And so uh, I did. Oh, and the orders, the orders. I don't want to incriminate myself too much. I'm still in. Don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. So I had orders. <laughs> I'm Yeah. Air we, quotes. Yeah. Air, bunny ears. And because uh, I wanted to be there. And I did. And airborne school wasn't hard. You take a PT test and you fall out of an airplane six times. Don't break your leg. Yeah, that's it. Just don't get hurt and don't fuck up. Don't don't get drunk. Don't steal from the PX. Don't. And that's was far from my radar because I was only killing time until the next ranger school slot. So I do get that next slot. Uh, I don't. I wait to be a walk on at ranger school. And there's so many people there that they just shut the doors. And... Uh, and so I was like, I'm going to play the same game like at everyone. I'm going to sit out at the fence and, uh, and just fucking sit here. And then they're going to let me in. Well, the RIs aren't going to hear that. You know, Rangers, uh, Ranger school isn't, it's not for the weak or faint of heart. No, they come out there and they said, hey, listen, man, I get it. I get it. I know you want to be here and that's cool and it's commendable. If you don't get your fucking shit and get out of here right now, we're going to put you on the never to return list. Fucking try me. 
So it started off real well, like, hey, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I really want to be here. I want to be covering your name tape. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, but if you don't, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to butt fuck your soul if you're ready for that. And, um, and so I placed up my kit and I, and I, I walked back to the car and I, uh, I remember sitting down when I finally got a moment to be by myself and just, you know, letting it out just, just cause I'd wanted it for so long, you know? It, uh, even the drive, even the training for a ranger school had defined who I was. And, uh, and I just cried and cried and cried like a faggot because I let it slip through my fingers again. And, uh, and it was tough, man. It was a hard pill to swallow. Uh, I, and, and it happens, right? It does. And, it's, and, it's and even still, yeah, looking off into the distance, like, man, it would have been nice to do it and complete it, get that training. And, but it, it, uh, it's it's elusive, yeah? and it, it's an elusive and well sought after quantity, and uh, it's like it's like sleep and punk rock, you know. It's just they're not typically together, and uh, and so Ranger School is there's a reason why it's tough, and it's a reason why there's a, it's a stupid game, and everybody wants it. Uh, but anyway, so that 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 hurt my identity for a long time. And uh, and I just got over it, you know. I kept training. And it's not going to define who I am. And and you know what? What do they say? Fail big. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know that I could have gotten any bigger. That was going to be the pinnacle moment. So I had to find another goal. I had to find it something else uh, to drive me. Something else to 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 push me towards something. Uh, and uh, otherwise, you know, you're just spinning your wheels. You're not about shit. You're not about shit. You're working hard for nothing. And, uh, and so what's, what's more worthy than being a a better husband and a father? No. And it's, and I, I had this realization that that's probably where my mind should have been this whole time. I had been putting my family on the back burner for the military for so long. And I know it's going to sound like a cop out, especially to my the the salty, you know, the uh, real gung ho uh, listeners that we have out there, and uh, and I get that, man. I've been in the military in some facet for sixteen years, and uh, uh, and if you want to meet me behind the tool shed, then uh, you know, c- come on, you know, for sure, right. yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, but I, I just it forced me to realign my priorities. So, uh, and I did, and I still give my best whenever I'm out, uh, when I'm out humping, whenever, you know, if we have patrols, if we have any kind of training, then I'm going to be the best I can be at it, but it's not going to define who I am. This is what you're doing. This is just what I'm doing for sure. And, uh, so, so that was tough too. So that's, that was kind of the catalyst, the, you know, the ignition uh, for, for that realignment. Uh, and while it does still cut me deep. I still want it desperately, desperately. I just can't let it take away from my family any longer. I can't let it take away from uh, the things I should have been. Because it's the National Guard that I'm in, mind you. Mm-hmm. This isn't a full-time career. Right. And I'm letting it burn bridges in my full-time career. And uh, and I'm saying goodbye to my family once a year for three months to try to go to chase this thing all summer long. My son, uh, he didn't play t-ball. My daughter didn't play basketball. She, my wife was like trying to keep her head above water, right? 
uh, trying to be mom and dad every every summer, right? Because I wanted to chase these badges and shit. And um, I, I just saw it from her point of view for a second. And I saw it from my son's eyes. And he's super proud and he's soldier everything. And so is my daughter. And I, and I, I appreciate that. And it makes me feel good and fulfilled. But uh, those kids don't give a shit about tabs. No, 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 not at all. Uh, but what they care about is fucking time, right? That's it. You can't you can't be a good father from uh, from your lazy boy. And 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 the the National Guard was my lazy boy. It was my righteous cause to be away. It was my righteous cause to be in the field. And 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 it is. And for the men that are doing it, fucking my hats off to you and cheers. And if you can balance them both, uh, and you can. Have at it. Cheers. Uh, but it's not where I want to be. It's not, I want, I'm coaching a t-ball game today at 10 o'clock. You know, we're taking pictures at 930. And that's exactly where I want to be, man. I cannot wait, you know, to spend that time with my son, to teach him and, and to be calm and, uh, you know, give him this gift, this joy of, of uh, physical activity, of exercise and teamwork and, and all those things. I'm going to give him that. I'm going to make him appreciate it so he's not this slobby piece of shit addicted to his Xbox. He's going to be a good man. Uh, and he's going to be a good man because of what I give him. Uh, uh, I'm not going to leave uh, his parenting job up to the television. You know, man, that, <clears throat> that happens a lot with people. They, they use their iPads and their iPhones as babysitters and then... And then wonder why their kids are sassy or, you know, smart asses. And it's like, well, I mean, because she's been watching episodes of Young and the Restless on YouTube, motherfucker. Right. You know, and like with Abby, um, she would she would come over. She's like, hey, can I watch Netflix? I'm like, yeah, sure. And, you know, I'm doing my thing. And it's Saturday morning. You know, I just look at it like Saturday morning cartoons. I did that a lot. Um, But also did a lot of dumbass shit when I was a kid. I don't want her to do. And I. And I have yet to see any of those Disney um, shows that are directed towards tweens, uh-huh. teens, yeah. that, that are, I think, acceptable. The way they talk to each other, the way the sass, the the cattiness, just the, yeah. it's, yeah. it's in the laugh track. Like my daughter would say something and it's like she's waiting for the laugh track. And so I, fi- <laughs> I finally just like started calling her out on that. And I'm like, are you waiting for everybody to laugh? Yeah. And she'd repeat it. Um, so, you know, with Abby, we finally took away all the devices. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a phone or anything. And, and, you know, she's 12 and that's super inconvenient because I want to be able to talk to her and text her. And the only problem is, is like she, a lot of other stuff comes with that, that you have to watch. And so, I just took it away from her, man. And I tell you what, it's, it's a completely different experience with her now. Yeah. And I, and I know it is, I know it is. And I'm, and I'm proud and I'm glad you did. So it's, uh, uh, I just can't imagine, you know, cause again, cause you want to text her and you want to send her pictures. Yeah. Right? And you don't want her to be backwards and redneck and unfamiliar with technology and shit. No, not at all. You want her to be, it's just where's that line and how do you control it? And I haven't found it because Layla likes to be on YouTube watching makeup tutorials. And but I mean, uh, what's to say she's not gonna? The internet is a fucking uh, chasm of ca- yeah, absolutely. And you take one wrong turn and it's just dick pics nonstop. Well, well so YouTube um, and like Abby and she's and for one thing, she's my child, and so like I was looking at porn when I was nine. 
you know, because it was around the house. Uh-huh. Um, kids talk about like, I don't want to ever hear this next generation talk about the struggle because you have not struggled until you've tried to jerk off Telemundo <laughs> at 1230 at night with an old analog TV where you turn the 52 and the 53 in between and then that just with the, with the fucking bunny ears and then you see the hot girl and it's just like, I mean, look at my wife. That's, that's, that's straight up from the Telemundo. Like when I met her, I was like, what is it about this woman? She is not some skinny little white girl. It was Channel 52. And it was Channel 52. And every time I look at her, I get that feeling. But she's... You know, with the, these kids just, I mean, it was not accessible like it, it, as it is now. So Abby would have the her iPad. She had her iPad, my iPad. She had her iPhone. <laughs> and you walk in on her and she does the jerk, you know, the whoop, like like she's closing tabs real quick. And it's like, let me see it. And she's explaining, well, it's because of this, this, this and this and this and this. And but. As I'm opening it up in YouTube, you know, there's videos on there that are specifically labeled a certain way so kids will find them. And it is porn. Like, it, whether if it's not so much like it's, you know, like porn that when you think of porn, like, you know, like what what, what you find on Pornhub or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But but it's um it's pornographic or it's sexual. Like, there's videos of just... Um, like there was this weird ass video that it was a doll, like a Barbie doll in a bathroom. And the title was spelled, you know, like, um, poopy bathroom, Barbie bath or something like that. But the way it was spelled would, would lead you to believe that they wanted a child to find it, mm-hmm. you know, cause the way that they would sure. try to spell it. And what it was, was it was a grown man, his hand, and he was washing the Barbie doll, like in the bathtub and I'm looking at it and I didn't say anything to her. I no, said, no, no, no. I yeah, said, yeah. I, I'm going to take this. You need to color or draw some pictures, some unicorns or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Do something. While, while I, while I find this man from the internet and yeah. fucking end him. And I go over there and I start looking at it and going through her history and it was all kinds of shit like that, you know? And you know how YouTube is. You talk about the YouTube wormhole, man. You go in and you start looking at like, you know, building a mailbox and the next thing you know, you're, I mean, you just, you've, you've dick pics nonstop. Yeah. yeah. And so. All, yeah. All avenues lead to dick pics. Yeah. For sure, is. man. Yeah. So I, I, I sent that to her mom mm-hmm. and was like, you, you know, look at this shit because you don't think that it will happen to your kid. Oh, but it's there at every avenue. God, wait. how many times have you said, I never thought it would happen to me? It'll, it's going to happen to you. And not if, but when, right? Yeah, geez. Because it's, be prepared for it. it's, it's especially with the devices, you know, um, there's been issues even with her text. So we took away the iPads indefinitely, right? There were some other issues, kind of the same bad decisions, immaturity. Um, of course, she's a little girl. She's a little girl. She needs to stay a little girl. Yeah. Not forever, but... As I, long as she can. I don't I don't want her to be... Jaded. It's our job to protect them from this pimp culture. That does not mean that we have to be the super conservative, like you wear a turtleneck and you have to wear a one-piece bathing suit. I mean, it's not like the old fuddy-duddy, but I do not want her sexualized at a young age and it is everywhere it is in advertisement tv 
you know, I mean, radio. So sure. you, you have to be so careful of what they are exposed to. And so, but like music, I love all kinds of music. And there's a part of me that really, I don't want to say secretly because I'm about to say it, but loves dance music. Especially like, um, and you know, having a little girl, mm-hmm. there's just some pop music that you're going to start listening to and loving. So, so before you get too deep in that, uh, you should, it's yes. dance music. And Dancing makes you happy and it's fun and it's, yeah, not everything has to be hate breed and fucking slayer. Like <laughs> you're led to believe like, oh, you're not a fucking man. You're not, this isn't black flag. <laughs> oh, you like the misfits? With who's singing yeah. bullshit. Yeah, that's not. Anyway, uh, no, I, I remember we have a, a, another friend, Dragon, and he's super into dance music and shit. And he's a young, really good looking kid, right? Uh, who just, who was a dork in high school and then just stumbled into a, an infinite supply of Vayin in college because he's just gorgeous and such a charismatic, caring, genuine human being. You just trust him. And so girls are like looking it into his eyes and then just taking their chonies right off without even thinking about it. And uh, so we're talking about music. And I was like, you didn't, you never listened to Pantera as a kid? You never listened to Slayer? You don't remember this album? He said, no, I never listened to that. I said, why? He said, and I'll never forget. He said, I guess I was just too happy of a kid. And it all just... The, the, you know, everything in the universe, all these awful memories came just sucking back into my head. And I said, like, fuck you, you think you're better man. than me? <laughs> I was like, shit, yeah, you don't listen to hate breed because you're a well-rounded and nurtured child. Right? <laughs> it's because you're fucking something up. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, uh, dad's out there, Ryan, as I'm looking at you and you're like, man, listen, when Lady Gaga comes on and you're jamming, you feel your toe tapping. Let it, let your knee tap with it. Yeah, don't hide that. Just let it organically run up to your hips. Just be cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dance a little bit. Uh, get your wife out on the floor and spin her around, right? Uh, if you don't want your wife dancing with another man, then you dance every song that she wants to dance. And that's what time it is, right? So, yeah, listen to fucking dance music. You know, and I think we're getting more and more up, uptight, you know, because, like, it's always uh, white people especially. You just don't dance. White people don't dance. It's like... You, you know, we're told white people can't dance and I'm not exactly a fluid guy. You know, I'm pretty graceful and athletic, but when it comes to dancing, I can get a little ratchety. Maybe ratchety is not the good word. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Rigid. Yeah. Rigid. Yeah. Ratchety means you're doing the Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, man, uh, you don't seem like a, that, that kind of guy that's going to, you know, be... Uh, let let the eyes of the crowd dictate. You know? No, I I've gotten where I give no fucks. Zero, fresh out of fucks, dude. Just and that's important because what other people think of me is none of my damn business, and I got to remember that. And yeah, I yeah. I, t- I tell Abby that that all the time, you know. And it's like, and she's pretty confident and and does her own thing. But you know, as a twelve year old girl, I see her kind of wanting to follow the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And she's dressing like I'm like, no, no, don't do that. No, let your freak flag fly. Do your own thing. Where the yeah. where the vans with the skirt in the dress and the sh- crazy shit in your hair? Amen. Absolutely. You know, uh, she does have your crazy eyes, crazy eyes, and I've seen pictures of her mom, and who's uh, in her own right gorgeous as well. Huh? Uh, and uh, but Abby, when uh, in the pictures, she's looking out of the photograph on my screen into my soul, <laughs> and then back out the other side of my head. All right, she's got her daddy's eyes real bad. 
Uh, so, uh, and that's a gift. That's a gift. So if she, hopefully she can uh, sling snot and, and spit fire the way you do, you know, and, and she looks like she can, God damn. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think I, I would rather uh, face about nine out of the 10 guys on my meet on the road in a dark alley before I met Abby back there. You know, she looks like she's got a knife in her pocket, you know, and that's great. And this is all meant as a, a huge compliment and a testament to the progress you're making as a father. Right. Thank you. That's that's huge to me, huge, uh, especially with little girls, that they're able to uh, see through your bullshit because that's exactly what the world is, is offering her is fucking dick pics on YouTube. Right? Without making her a jaded little girl. Without, uh, no. She's also very delicate and, and cute and all that being said. She doesn't have a big scar down her face <laughs> and one hoop earring and a fucking talking parrot. <laughs> yeah, there's no pictures of dead puppies in, <laughs> no. her, in her room. Uh, no man and uh, I th- no yeah I, th- I think you're you're doing a good job with her and thank you yeah it's huge I appreciate that you know when so her mom's got these beautiful blue eyes mm-hmm. and Abby has blue eyes but when she was younger and I think they're starting to turn a little green now because it changes when, so she would when she was with her mom her eyes were blue after a day or two with me they'd start to turn green and I and I I'm not and that sounds like some crazy grandma shit but I would ask Marty about it. I'm like, look, and she'd Same. validate it. Oh no, you're more Mexican than you know. So yeah, that was that was your Catholicism creeping out in you. Look at that. Look at that. Two days with her daddy, eh? <laughs> <laughs> See, genetics See? ain't shit. Hey, I told you, fucking science. That's 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 huge. No, um, I got my Mexican card. Oh yeah, long time ago. The favorite, one of my favorite lines ever that you've said is, "My wife is so Mexican." She would not let me get a vasectomy in case I ever cheated on her. <laughs> that she'd be able to see Cody walking around like, that's your fucking seed right there. I know where those babies come from. Every time I look at Alyssa, I yeah. think about that now. <laughs> so I brought that up, right? We were talking about vasectomies, and uh, I think with in front of her parents or mine or whatever, and probably mine, because hers are super conservative and don't talk about shit like that, but... Um, uh, they were talking, well, my, my sister, Jessica, she's pregnant and she had a hard time getting pregnant the first time. Now she got pregnant by accident on the second time. Oops. Yeah, exactly. And she was like, oh, Rolando, her husband is going to get a vasectomy. And, uh, you know, cause I was like, you're already going to be open. Why don't you just get your tubes tied? Oh, she said, well, I'm not going to be open. I'm going to have a natural birth. I said, oh, well, fuck that makes sense. Right. Uh, so tubes tied. I was like, let's got her tubes tied. I was going to get a vasectomy and I don't have a problem with it. Right? My, my buddy Caleb, uh, he's just uh, adamantly opposed to it. He's like, fuck, no, I would never do that. What if I need to repopulate the earth one day? What if, what if everything goes to hell and I'm the lone survivor after nuclear holocaust? And I said, you're a psychopath and I love it, right? I actually have a hard dick right now thinking about the nuclear holocaust. But uh, So anyway, so Alyssa... Uh, she got her tubes tied and I was like, well, why don't I get a vasectomy and we'll both, and we'll be a hundred percent sure. Now she had just had our, our second child and she's insecure and she feels fat and she's wearing like a fucking diaper cause she had a C-section and, uh, and super hormonal like women are. And it just is what it is after that childbirth. Right. And, uh, and I was, she said, fuck no, you're not getting a vasectomy. If you're fucking running around, I'm gonna know. 
and I brought it back up and I was telling that story and she, her eyes, she was like, she was denying it. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I said, yeah, girl, that's why I don't have a vasectomy right now. And then just like that from no, I didn't. No, I didn't. To I was super hormonal. <laughs> I said, well, I'll get one now. And she was just, nope, no, you won't. Yeah. My wife's pretty, my wife's pretty Mexican. Keep you locked up. Oh man. But damn, it's fun. You tell me about the app that you had on your phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so my wife, uh, by virtue of being, you know, uh, a Catholic Hispanic woman is already a little flighty is already a little, uh, like she carries a knife and she'll show it. And she has a, she has a, a Glock 43 for personal protection. She has a knife in case I get out of line. Right? And, uh, and I love it. Oh, I don't love it. Uh, <laughs> Hard like Dude, an arse. Oh, man, that's exactly what it is. Show uh, it to me, baby. Uh, let me see that. I'm gonna. I need to find her. I'm gonna invent uh, uh, yoga pants that look like that purple outfit Selena used to wear. Goddamn, because that's my wife. Anyhow, uh, so uh, about once a month for about a week, Alyssa gets a little uh, a little extra crazy. And I started after ten. 10 years, you know, I started to really pick up on, I have one shitty week out of the month where uh, I'm not getting blown. I'm I'm sleeping on the far edge of the bed. So, you know, what is leading us to this? What, you know, what have I done? Yeah. (laughs) Am I really just fucking up that often? 25% of the time in a month? Anyway, uh, Alyssa gets super hormonal, fellas. And I'm sure, I know that sounds like a cop out and a cheese dick thing to say, but you know, the dads are listening. No, you're fucking right. It is. And they, they can control some of the things they say, but damn, you know, it's like a bug constantly driving them to be insane for a week and shit. Uh, so I fucking downloaded an app and it's for girls. And it's like when to expect your next menstruation cycle, menstrual cycle. Uh, and it'll send me a reminder like, Hey, uh, and it thinks I'm the girl because why would a man have it? So it'll fucking send you a little text message like, hey, ex- your periods come in in like a day. You should buy fucking tampons or I don't know what the fuck is it. A little daisy. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. But it has a little daisy and it's a little happy. And it's like, hey, here, it's, your visitor's coming. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. And so that's my reminder, you know, something tangible to have to say, be a little fucking patient with Tighten it. Tighten it up. Yeah. Really? You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, tighten up your shot group. Don't fucking say dumb shit. Don't give her a hard time because I like to tease my wife, you know, and, and vice versa. Uh, uh, I call my wife La Chona. La Chona is a, a song about the most beautiful girl in the club dancing and drinking and leaving her man uh, at the house. All right. And so she's not, it's not her favorite, but it's, it rolls off the tongue and it's cute to say. So La Chona. Uh, anyway, uh, so I just, I, I, I tighten up my shot crew, right? And it's, uh, I'm not that good at my fucking job that I can just, oh shit, it's the 21st. Oh shit, it's, it, so I just fucking set a reminder, fellas. I fucking downloaded an app that gives me a heads up to be a little fucking patient with her. I also set two fucking alarms on my phone. One every day, every fucking day at 10 o'clock and every day at two o'clock, I have an alarm that goes off on my phone. And the note for that alarm is, Text Alyssa and tell her she's bad or text Alyssa and ask her about her day because I work in construction, boys, and my life gets a little, my day gets hectic sometimes and I'll forget, I'll get into the weeds of whatever project I'm on at the time and I'll forget to text her. I won't call her, you know, cause she's, she's busy. I'm busy, but you can at least text your wife throughout the day. Let her know you're thinking about her. And so I, 
I can't remember on my own because I'm doing other shit. My mind's anywhere. But I get that, my my pocket starts vibrating. I pull it out and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I text her just like that. Bam, bam, bam. I take the guesswork out of it, right? I just, uh, and maybe eventually it'll become muscle memory. And if it doesn't, shit, that's, use the technology for more than just, you know, uh, uh, looking for uh uh, dick pics. Dick pics on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that's, I think it, it, the way technology, everybody's got an iPhone. Everybody. E- even if you're homeless, you can afford an iPhone. They've made sure of that. Oh, yeah. Um, if you're not using that to be a more engaged, so like, you know, that, because the phone can take you yeah, away. Yeah, like you're, from you're, the hip. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're looking at the world through that two by three screen or whatever, two by four or eight by 10 if you're carrying a fucking note but the um not using it to set reminders if you're forgetting recitals they call them recitals anymore plays yeah you're a fucking uh, asshole you know birthdays i mean hell even facebook reminds you of birthdays but sometimes you'll miss it so if you're if you're not setting that shit in your phone with alarms and 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 alarms that a couple of days before so you can remember to get the gift get the card then you're a dumbass. You're a fucking asshole, man. You are robbing yourself. Absolutely. Of booger. That's it. Like, <laughs> you, dude, if, if you're not, if you're not telling her like, Hey, you know, your sister's birthday's in three days. What are we going to do for her? It, if you're not saying some shit like that. It, well, I mean, maybe that's a little, uh, a little bit of a reach, but saying no, shit it, like that does, really yeah, helps. Absolutely. And it, 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 it comes back to, uh, being emotionally secure. Oh. Right. She can let her guard down because she knows you're uh, you're watching her back, too. Right. So you're going to get more of what you want in the bedroom because she's getting more of what she wants outside of it. Because from what I understand is emotional safety is one of the biggest turn ons for women. That's exactly what it is. That's why the chicks are into alphas. Right. That's why uh, uh, the chicks that are worthwhile. Right. Well, and you know, like we're talking about yoga pants and th- Telemundo and stuff like that. And, and, and mm-hmm. you know, we're visual men are visual. Like, it's just, it's just the way it is. Women are not like, they're not like you send them a dick pic nine times out of 10. They're not like, well, I want to ride that. They're thinking, no, cause it, yeah, it looks like a sea urchin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're a scumbag. And what is that scar? <laughs> you know, I had a rash one time. Okay. <laughs> it's a cigarette burn. And, for, and fortunately, since I've been a welder for 23 years, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, all those scars are burns. Not fortunately. However you want to look at that. Yeah, but my yeah, dick yeah. has been burned more times than I'd like to count. Yeah. That's super fucked up. But, it happens. Yeah, but now the world knows that about you. And, My, and so, yeah. It so, has little burns on it. Yeah, poor Marty. Poor and, Marty. Yeah, she's been fucking Freddy Krueger now for <laughs> going on 10 years. <laughs> six. It'll be six. Six, six, six. Well, yeah, well yeah, we, cheers, we've been yeah. almost married for six. And, and no, yeah, exactly. We've been so, together for eight. There you go. So almost around. 10 yeah, years. Yeah. yeah. I'm not full of shit. I know your life way. Uh, uh, but another point that I wanted to bring up as far as this goes is shooting from the hip. So uh, what that means is faking the funk, man. Dudes that are just uh, rolling through parenthood and marriage, just kind of going with the flow. You're a piece of shit. Dialing it you in. Need to, uh, you need to wake up and give your best, right? Hey, you can't just uh, uh, show up. You need to do some research, homeboy. This is your wife. These are your kids, dog. You need to read a book. You're if, here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're going to, you can spend uh, hours on end watching Sports Center and we can uh, debate why or why not Tony Romo deserves his name on the Hall of Fucking Ring of Fame or whatever, then, uh, then you have time to uh, 
for a little Meg Meeker every now and then. You have time for uh, to take some notes about your. You you should know your wife's shoe size. Absolutely, all it, of them. It, yeah. <clears throat> if you know how many what the the Rangers bullpen ERA is, and you don't know your wife's bra and panty size, you're a dick. You are half of a gay man. <laughs> yeah, so there's a part in you that would rather fuck the baseball team than your wife, and that's and that's your thing. And there's no and here's my Seinfeld. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, you know. But, uh, but oh man, wake the fuck up. Yeah. You know, study, study this. Don't shoot from the hip and, and let the chips fall where they may. Negative, Ghost Rider. You know, uh, you got to think. You got a dog. That's responsibility. You get your fucking ass out there. You know, my little Billy Madison coming out. But yeah, that's what it is. Be engaged. Be engaged, man. Because it's because like, you know, as young men, we were waiting for the we were waiting for um, the thing that this is our purpose. This is our life. This we're, we're at the show now. We're here. We're arrived. You know, like this. We're succeeding. We're thriving. That's not realistic for most people. You just go through life and you do your thing and you have your wife and your kids. And, and you know, unfortunately, things like Facebook and, and social media lead you to believe that the, the grass is always going to be greener. It's not, man. Your grass is the way it is. You can make it greener on your side of the fence. And the way you do that is you become engaged and you become the best husband you can be and the best father that you can be, the best employee or employer. You be the best that you can be all the while, you know, being of service and being a man of many or man among many, you know, I mean, I, I <clears throat> used to hide behind the crutch of, you know, I'm super ADD and I got a lot of stuff going on being self-employed and all these other things. So details, like I can't get bogged down with the minutia, the little stuff. So I'd have to ask my wife, hey, when is this, this, and this? And she'd tell me, I mean, because she remembers deep. I mean, she's just, that's, she remembers everything. <clears throat> because Every, she wants to. Everything. Yeah, it means something to her, for sure. So I, I got to the point to where it was like, I don't want to have to rely on her because I'm 38. You know, I'm a grown man. What happens if you, you put everything on your wife? And then, God forbid, something happens to her. And then you're stuck here like a little child whistling in the dark, having no idea what to do next. So all those details, I make sure that I'm a part of and that I know. And it, they're in my phone. <clears throat> and that includes her bra size, her panty size, her shoe size, her favorite flowers, her birthday, her mom's birthday, her sister's birthday. You know, all of these things that are important. Every time my wife says something that I think is important, I try to write it down. Amen. You know? And, and a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this too, I'm sitting at the bar in our house, uh, the counter, not the bar, but yeah. the counter, you know, and I'm on my phone because that's kind of how I'll check out after a long yeah. day, but I don't need it. The day's not over. The day really begins when you get home because that's the shit that matters because they're going to be the ones that are there when all the stuff out in the world goes to hell. You don't want to have that happen and then come home and they're not here anymore because you were too busy out there trying to be somebody else's knight in shining armor. Uh, absolutely, man. And, and like like you said earlier about uh, about your daughter, like uh, it's not your business who's mad or disappointed with you. I'm I'm struggling to manage my own emotions. Uh, I can't yeah. be worried about yours, uh, right? Uh, so grow the fuck up. I mean that shit is true. Like if you're hanging around with a bunch of dudes and all your buddies from high school or whatever, or college or your old frat brothers or guys from work, and those are your only that's your peer group, right? And all they do is bitch about their wives, go to strip clubs, drink, talk about sports, go to happy hour, and just kind of 
bullshit their way through life, chances are you're going to fall into that same trap. Without question. If you want to, and I, not to use it, if you want to like level up your, um, or if you want to upgrade or if you want to get better at being just generally a man and a father and a husband, then surround yourself with men that you want to be like, you know, with people that you, you admire and respect. If I, I, I try to judge my friends like that and you're not supposed to judge, but I mean, I, I, I just have to, yeah, you have to keep each other accountable and you could discern. But like, if I, if I have friends that I'm tight with and they're doing some shit, that's just absolutely no, like that is just not like if they're being unfaithful or stealing or, you know, just doing some treacherous shit and you've already tried to talk to them about it or kind of walk through that with them and they're not willing to change. You got to cut that shit out of your life because yeah, that's going to bring you, Yeah, that's going to bring you down. And I think as men we have to constantly be on the lookout for that because it is your one I mean 100% it is your job to bring your best you to your family, to your to your wife. You know, that is what's important is like being the best we can be being engaged. It's not fucking dress rehearsal. This is it. Your kid is going to be 15 and she's not going to want to talk to you anymore because you were an asshole all through her childhood years. And if you were an asshole and your kids like, let's say eight and, and you, you think you fucked it all up. So why, why, why start now that that's exactly why you start now. Like, if you're that dude that hasn't paid child support in five years, pay child support this month. Uh, uh, fellas, that's exactly what it is. And and it's your fucking world. And it's not something that it's unattainable or super foreign. It's it's leg day, motherfucker. Yeah. You, you, can, do, you can do chest day on your own time. Uh, being a father, being a husband is fucking leg day. You're going to get in there and you're going to want to puke and it's going to be tough. And you're going to be sore and you're never going to feel big enough and you're never going to feel strong enough. And you're not going to walk out of the gym with this big pump and your T-shirt fits a little tighter because it's fucking leg day. Right. Uh, But it's going to make you a better, well-rounded, full spectrum uh, warrior and husband and father. Uh, being a husband, being a father, you can get better at it. You just have to make yourself right. So when it is leg day, you don't go in there super pumped. You're probably going to talk yourself out of going to the gym be like, I deserve a day off. Uh, negative son, you get your ass in there and you fucking deep squat as much as you're going to, as much as you can. Same thing. You get up you wake the fuck up earlier than you want to. And, uh, and you, uh, you get engaged with your kids and with your wife and you ask her the questions that she wants to be asked and you give her the things that she wants. If you feel like, uh, man, my back feels like it hasn't been rubbed in a while. It's because you haven't rubbed her fucking back. Fuck your back. If you're feeling like you're missing something in your world that she's not giving it to you, fuck you. You give it to her. That's your job. It's not your job to, uh, to push her anywhere, right? Take, take, take. Yeah. Take, take, take. Now, my, my spiritual warrior guide once told me, uh, uh, it's your job to uh, to pull the family along. Right? Uh, say it again. Say it again. Uh, I have it in my phone because it's fucking we'll read it huge. Yeah, let's see what we got. Because this guy sounds fucking Because I'm cool. writing a book, by the way. Yeah. I mean, Ryan's all tracking it. I'm writing a book called... Uh, these motherfuckers, <laughs> these motherfuckers, These fucking guys. And it's just, it's, it's tales of, uh, uh, 
of just shit we've talked about. Shit talking. Uh, we were talking about it the other day. I had no idea that I said like a bastard as, as often or as with such meaning as I do. And uh, so obviously Spanish, uh, cabron is Spanish for bastard, right? And uh, I was doing something and Alyssa said, uh, hey, uh, I, I split my jeans at work on Friday because my just had so much cock that I was just begging to get out. And uh, anyway, she's like, you're splitting your jeans like a, like a cabron. And I laughed and laughed. Because <laughs> <laughs> you get filled with so much uh, pride. Anytime your wife starts using a saying that you use. Oh, oh yeah. My wife said shit the bed the other day. <laughs> and I, and I, <laughs> you're, a, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you have corrupted and misled that beautiful woman. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, dude. And I looked at her with so much pride and, <laughs> and, and, and lust. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With that, Get for that sure. Dress off right now. Like it's it's time. Yes. It's time. Goddamn, man. Where's it going to be? Hey, all right. So you say it. Yeah. yeah essentially, man, we, it's not our job to push our family, it's our job to pull them. We pull from the front, we lead the way, we show them by example. You don't sit there at the, you know, on the couch and say, go do this, go do that. You get your ass up and you go show them. That's it. You do it and they'll follow. That's another thing you talk about. You're worrying about your wife's not, you're not getting this, you're not getting that. Something I always <clears throat> will go back to. And again, fellas, if you're listening to this, don't think that, I, I hope you don't think that I'm like on a soapbox thinking I'm not, that I'm perfect because my first relationship was a shit show. You know, I was I was the guy that you look at the the things I see now in other guys mm-hmm. that just makes my skin crawl. It's because I was that guy with Abby's Abby's mom. Yeah. But if you're not getting laid, if you're bitching about your wife doesn't do this or she doesn't do that, when's the last time you did the dishes? That's the shit right there. Get your. You don't get to sit down when you get home. Fuck you. Is she sitting down? Negative, Ghost Rider. Get, do the fucking dishes or fold some laundry. Dude. Yeah. And don't do it with, uh, uh, hey, I'm going to do these dishes, but you're going to blow me. Yeah, no. Not at all. You're doing them because it's your fucking uh, it's an house. Act, exactly. It's an act of service. You uh, quit being such a ginormous piece of shit. It's your house. That's your lady. Uh, I live to serve my queen. And I'm trying to be better at it. I'm trying. So uh, I get home. I'm taking those kids away from her so she can relax a little bit. I'm going to wash her car. I'm going to do these things. Uh, And there's nothing emasculating about doing the dishes. If she cooks, I'm a clean. Quit touching those fucking dishes. And I'm going to make it, I'm going to be offended if I see her washing dishes. Hey, stop. What are you, you trying to work me out of a job? Those are no. union dishes. Checking my job. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> hey, like I said, those are union dishes. I'm going to call my the job boss. Anyway, uh, yeah, you you live for her and she will take care of you. Right? I'm a huge believer in it. And because uh, uh, it's your household and you're going to set that tone. You're going to create that, that. And so if it's spiritual warfare, you're the leader. You know, you're, you're the one taking that hill. So create that and, and it'll, and it'll thrive. It will. And you're thinking, well, this bitch ain't going to do it. She sucks. Well, you've already fucking quit, right? You've already given up and, uh, and you're being a crybaby pussy pants, right? Would you want to blow you? 
No, because you're fucking soft like Twinkie feeling, right? And you're a dick. Yeah, and you're a dick. You want to blow us. <laughs> <laughs> so does your lady way. Yeah, <laughs> bring your A game, homie. <laughs> yeah. We're going to end on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I feel incredibly um, uh, blessed and privileged to be part of your tribe. Uh, for for being invited in here and uh again man uh this is this is huge you have to keep each other accountable you have to make each other better men and so coming over here at seven o'clock in the morning on a saturday i didn't want to wake up at 6 30 right no i'm gonna fuck yeah and so when uh whenever you're like hey let's do it early i was like fuck yeah dude i woke up at six without an alarm because i was pumped to come out here and be with my brother let's get it on and, yeah. yeah exactly so thank you for having me and i look forward to being back and uh and all the other dads out there man uh laugh it up yuck it up be the best you can be right it doesn't mean you have to be a jerk it doesn't mean you have to be holier than thou you can talk about a little vegan with your buddy right? uh uh as long as you're bringing your a game to your wife and your kids i mean uh you yeah, owe them. Yeah, for sure, man. Don't don't uh, don't take yourself so seriously, but take your job seriously. Amen. Gospel, yeah. right there. Yeah, you know, I mean, we don't we don't have to be. Uh, you don't have to be perfect, but you do have to be present. So just as long as you're being consistent, and that's it, man. I mean, that's one thing that I work on every day is just to show up because I'm not perfect. You know, I say dumb shit to my daughter. You know, I, I react poorly. I'm like, you're not wearing that shit. What are you doing? You know, like it. it no. I work on this daily. And the only way I've learned how to do this is by surrounding myself with men that are better at it than I. And that's the whole purpose of this. You know, thank you so much for coming here on a Saturday morning. My day is complete. Like, I, I love seeing you, brother. I mean, I mean, and, you know, I say that with with all, uh, you know, we call each other Armano, but um, man, I mean, that's the truth to me. That's not just some shit I throw out there. No, I use that word very rarely. Right. Um but anyways, you know, that's it, man. Let's uh, let's do this again soon. Fellas, thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe. Please share with your friends. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Circle of Dads podcast. You know, it's our job to be there. It's our job to guide them. Uh, love runs downhill. We chase those kids till the day we die. Thanks. Thanks.